Welcome everybody to a special uh, mid-season analysis on the Be More Rugby podcast. Jay, how you doing? Uh, yeah, good, thank you. What about yourself? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, summertime, sun's out. Managing to get down the beach a few times for an early morning swim, which is invigorating. Oh, but uh, that's uh, I'm so jealous. I've managed to do a couple of evening ones, so I've gone for like a, a little 5k plod, and then I've managed to get in the sea. But the honestly, the dream would be to every morning wake up, go in the sea, and then go to work after that. And I just <laughs> can barely get open my eyes and shove some wheat bix down my face, let alone <laughs> let alone do anything like that. Just, well, I must admit, we were down the beach early, early this morning. I, I think we. We got out, I don't know, about 6.30, quarter to seven, something like that. And it was proper, the the waves, it was really choppy. How was it? But it was proper warm in there. Okay. But yeah, invigorating, properly invigorating. But yeah, good day, good way to start the day anyway. Start your day on purpose. That's it, yeah. As Denny says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if anybody listening wants to follow, follow Denny and his, um, his ethos of start the day on purpose, is a great... Uh, um, instagram site to go to it's um ben champ um and he champions everybody to get up and get on in a day great great philosophy um but yeah we're going to have a bit of a analysis of our season so far see um what points that we've um really resonated with us things that we've learned maybe things that we've um we've always thought that have you know have been clarified by uh um, by our guests who, to be honest with you, um, all so far have been really, really, uh, really insightful. Mm. Um, but we'll probably start off and just run through the, you know, our games. If you're following us on the podcast, you'll notice that we do, uh, we've done six games so far. Uh, and the first game, which I listened to actually this week, because I knew we were going to do this. Um, That's was... doing your homework. I haven't done that. <laughs> That. was the friend of the show and the best first guest we've ever had trevor smacks smith um who we've got a shout out because he comes and opens up for us so that we can use the clubhouses uh, to run our podcasts every time um beavering away in the background and always listening um but yeah he was our first guest and um to be fair somebody that's not played rugby boy did he have the right rugby mindset and philosophy I can remember when I first joined the the Colts and we knew about Barry, we knew about some of the other coaches, but there was always this like um mystic like mysterious like ether around smacks. I just I honestly I wish I could remember who it was, but somebody told me that he'd played for England as a set <laughs> as a second row. and and I I've said this to Smacks a couple of times. He's like, Yep, no, it's true. Um keep that rumor going. Tell everybody you see that I have played, in fact, for England in the in the second row, um, all up through the ages, and at so, you know I've played in Six Nations and everything like that. And uh, I had to stop because I was too good, and, uh, and and that's what he always says. But the amount of when we did that first game with Smacks to to kick it off, you know, I you know listened to a lot of podcasts, but I'd never done a podcast. I know it was the same for you, and it was certainly the same for Smacks, who actually didn't even listen to that many podcasts. But the amount of messages and people that reached out to me um, that I knew of or knew particularly well, or people that would just, you know, stop me and just say, 
how amazing is Smacks and just talk about and reminisce and just listening to him talk. It's actually got a lot of the people that are at uni that I used to play with that are in their sort of like last years at uni. The nostalgia that it brought back for them listening to Smacks say the same stuff then that he said three, four years ago. And sometimes, you know, you're going beyond that eight to eight years for people like James and Baz and stuff like that. It was very much so, you know, brought back so much nostalgia for them. And in the end, got them back into playing because they were like, you know, I I miss that feeling. I miss doing that. I've got so caught up with my uni work, I've forgotten about rugby. And I see a lot of them come back. And I was having a really great chat with um, an awesome little player who I used to play with, um, Callum Manning, who's an avid listener. And he always, always messages me and says love that podcast gives me some great feedback he's a he's an awesome awesome guy so Callum if you're if you're listening out there mate lovely lovely to speak to you recently and uh hopes all all's well with you and it's good to see that you got out saw on your Instagram you're out playing again which is ideal but it's people like that that have been brought back into it because of smacks and that first podcast and the messages that we took away from that I just thought were were brilliant so people that um that obviously listen to the podcast but don't know Smacks personally. Um, he's been here for, for a long, long time, worked through the cults. Um, and considering he's, you know, best part of seven foot tall, the only thing that's bigger than him is his character. And mm. he's certainly, he's the um, vice chairman, um, the facilities manager at the club, Wimborne Rugby Club. It runs around him. And actually... He brings uh, positivity, he brings vigour, he brings fun um, to the club. And to be at Wimborne Rugby Club um, and him not be here, he's, he's noticeably missed. Mm. Um, he's had a tough time um, in the recent years with his health. Um, when we had him on the podcast, he actually touched on that as mm. well and and said how much the club actually helped him through in the fact that when you're a member of a team and the team needs you, you've got something to get up for. Um, and he said that actually Wimborne Rugby Club gave him a, a reason to get out of bed and keep going every morning. He, mm. He's pretty positive anyway. Mm. Um, but his ethos around rugby, for somebody who's we've said didn't play rugby, his, his lads came and played rugby at Wimborne, his understanding of the the um, values of the game, um, are, they run right the way through. Oh, yeah, big time. Literally in his veins, you know, the stuff he talks about and some of the stuff he, he says just sticks with you and resonates with you so much and the impact he's had on on other people. And, you know, a lot of people would know where, you know, especially myself and stuff like that, there, I know there's people out there that wouldn't be where they are now if it wasn't for smacks, you know, well, not only, you know, yes, he did an amazing job as a manager, but he just did so much more than that. The relationship he had with all of us, and not just us, but our parents, our girlfriends, our brothers, our sisters, our stepbrothers, our cousins, you know, anybody that came in and around you, he treated with the best respect and built such an amazing relationship with everybody whenever he meets them. And he still does it now. I still see him now, you know, as clubhouse manager, you know, he doesn't actually look after a team anymore, but when he comes in and he's doing this thing around the club with Amory and stuff like that, and there's somebody he doesn't know, 
he knows them by the time they've left the club. And I just think that's brilliant. Big shout out to Amory as well. Because for putting up with him. <laughs> um she's um she's a rock in herself. That's um Smax's better half. Um when we started the podcast, Smax was our first guest and we were very naive, both of us. It was our first podcast that we'd ever done. Um no regrets because it was it was brilliant to kick off with Smacks. Couldn't have imagined kicking off anybody with anybody else. No. But now we've got, you know, we've got slightly better camera, we've got better equipment, the recordings, you know, a little bit clearer, better, all the rest of it. I just wish we'd have had that then. The start, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. we didn't know how popular it was going to be there, and it was, you know, before we invested too much into it, we didn't really 100%. know. And, and because it has been so well received, and everybody's like enjoyed it and not just locally but also in the you know in in the country but then you know you get stuff come through that people are listening in canada and spain and all over the places and stuff like that so argentina india germany australia canada chile france you all over the place yeah. all over the place so we're international superstars basically 100 <laughs> percent. but the biggest thing that struck me with smacks and Funnily enough, because he was our first guest, um, the second half, as people that listen will know, um, bearing in mind, Smax isn't here in the room with us at the moment. He usually listens in, but he's downstairs messing about in his shop trying to sort everything out, which is why we can talk a bit more freely. Um, but we asked the question in the second half, we talk about the values of rugby and how it's helped people and ask what rugby re- means to them. And Smax, the biggest thing that he felt and and reiterated was the friendships that you get when you're part of a team a team not just rugby but rugby here at the club friendship camaraderie they stick together and and stay together forever and that's been the main theme through i think all of our podcasts whenever we ask what does rugby mean to you that's the one thing that comes up without fail Hmm. But no, fantastic first guest there. And then our our second guest was uh, none other than Snoz, Harry Basiljet. Um And it was great for me because, you know, he's been one of my best friends for a long time and spoke to him about coming on and he was more than excited. And it actually was an amazing time to have him on because obviously he just signed his first professional contract with Cornish Pirates and... Uh, he was awesome. He was so funny to have on. And oh, the do you remember when it went down halfway through? Oh, heartbroken. We, oh, it was just such a stressful time. And literally, I didn't think it was in, it was over halfway. Yeah. Definitely over halfway. And we were chatting away to Baz, and it was awesome. And sort of forget you're recording the podcast, really. And that was only the second one we'd done. My first time on Zoom as well, recording anything that's right. on Zoom. Yeah, that's right. Oh. It was the first time on Zoom because smacks we'd had in person, hadn't we? That's right. And Harry couldn't make it down, so it was online. And then when it crashed, just that sheer panic of, <laughs> oh, my God, we've lost everything. And then when it suddenly just like that little bar came up on the screen, it was just like saving recording in progress. And we were like, oh, thank God, because <laughs> we were just so stressing about it. so, so hard. But um, what an amazing guest he was. And just listening to the way he spoke about traveling around with a dad in the military, the different sports he played. Um, and you know what really, I mean, it's not the same for me, but really, really stuck with me. And actually, it, you know, it's great 
and says a lot about him. When we asked him that question of what does rugby, you know, where would you be without rugby or who would you be without rugby? And he said, well, I'd be Harry Bazalgette. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like, yes, obviously rugby means so much to him, but it's not everything. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that does mean everything to him is the relationships, the friendships, the stuff that he's got going on with other people, his new dog. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. He was very much, he didn't need, he, you know, he didn't need rugby as much as rugby needed him. And I think that was a really nice thing for him to go. I'd just be the same person if it if it wasn't for rugby. You know, I'd probably be doing what I'm doing now, but in but in football. And you know, that's great. I think that's a that's a great great mindset to have. But talking about you know his physical dominance around other people because he was more developed than other people, which meant he could kick further and stuff like that. The when he gnaws us about kicking and stuff like that, which was great for someone not 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 for me but great great for someone and uh he was he, he was an awesome awesome crack to have on the podcast i i agree with exactly what you've just said is his mindset to um continue to improve um we asked him the question he said he'd never missed a a training session mm. um was always at the gym trying to better himself was constantly mm. kicking he just he had the mindset that fitted perfectly with the sport mm. um, but like you say he'd have been he'd have been dominant in any sport with that mm. mindset mm. that whole keep going never give up uh what were his words back yourself uh be your biggest fan never say die which mm. is what he did because he didn't go through the academy the big club academy no, setups no, no he didn't do any of that um, he played rugby to the highest ability he could mm. and by default got picked up noticed or, and put forward and and now as a professional rugby mm. player and you know fair play to him but like you say it's it's that mindset that mentality which would have made him successful in any sport mm. and in any walk of life mm. um but yeah great great guy great to listen to that was what well, was you know really really it was a nice positive spin but he wouldn't be where he is now if it wasn't for the pandemic so mm. it's so actually quite nice <laughs> to hear some positive out of that awfulness but it, you know he wouldn't be in that situation if it wasn't that you know I'm not a big believer in everything happens for a reason and stuff like that but he is and you can sort of see why you know he he thinks you know everything that's happened has led him to where he is now and that was all for like a, a sort of reason I, I really respect that well to me luck is when preparation meets opportunity um and yeah there's there's a degree where some people look at it and go it was just meant to be because it just seemed like it happened, mm. but he wouldn't have got those, those opportunities would have come and gone if he wasn't prepared yeah. for them. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it seems like fate. It seems like luck. It, it, it just does. But that mindset made it happen. He made his own luck, if you like. That's mm. how I like to see it. But um, yeah, yeah, really good guy. Love talking to him. Of course, his, his younger brother's here at, at the academy now in the senior academy this season they had a great uh season last year in the Mm. junior academy Mm. um his dad's part of the academy and and the club as well uh never know which one's big baz little chat baz mini baz so the way it works is all the bazes big baz is daddy baz he sometimes some people call him daddy baz 
some people call him Big Baz. I sort of like have a bit more of a professional relationship with him, so I call him <laughs> Baz. And then um, Middle Baz or Medium Baz is obviously Harry. And then you've got Little slash Small Baz. Which, <laughs> which you is, won't appreciate, I'm sure. Which is Robbie. But then you've also got Mama Baz as well. Yeah. And, and, and Who's made some amazing macrame, which hangs on the wall. Oh, the carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. carpet, yeah. yeah. Macrame. Macra- Artwork. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not intelligent enough for that. Not, not intelligent enough to appreciate something like that. Jane's also no. Jane does all like uh, used to do all the fixtures for um, Caulfield's rugby and stuff like that, and she does stuff around the club as well. And you know she, you know that whole family just lives and breathes, lives and breathes Wimborne, but also lives and breathes rugby. And I think mm. you know mm. they're an awesome, awesome family. All of them are, are brilliant. Absolutely, no great second game that was. Really enjoyed that one. Mm. Uh, third game you weren't available for. COVID, nasty coughs. Yeah, COVID took me out. So we had Shelley Hamblin on and please everybody go and listen to it. Shelley was, she turned up and I think her first words were, I I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) say because she was, she was so modest and humble about her achievements. Um, She played a final at Twickenham Mm. and won as a rugby player. I mean, that's massive, really is massive. Certainly on my bucket list. Yeah. So to have her on um, was great. And even though she didn't know what she was going to say, as soon as you start talking rugby, it just flows. But as as a coach here at Wimborne, the first and only female lead coach that Wimborne's had. Mm. So trailblazing, really. Mm. Um, But her dedication to her coaching um, here is just fantastic. And mm. and you can see how much it means to her oh, when yeah, you talk I'm, to her about 100%. the, um, about her, you know, the way she wants to develop um, her squad. Mm. Um, and yeah, she, she, she talked, which struck me most of all, she talked about uh, defeat, how you mm. deal with the defeat and how it makes you stronger, how you learn from it. But, like she said, not just not just the the players, but the coaches, parents on the side, anybody that's part of it. You watch it. There's a defeat. You learn from it. It makes you stronger. You go again, and it's just going to develop you more so than a, an easy win. We talked yeah. about that with Smacks in the first game as well about you know the easy wins and the respect that you know you're running over a another opposition, but. Um, yeah, she was a real delight to talk to, especially around that sort of stuff, the yeah. development, individual development, yeah. personal development. But uh, I know you listened to the podcast that you yeah. weren't here, but um, and we had Smacks here as a um, as a stand-in for you. Which, best best stand-in we've ever had. Best, best stand-in we've ever had, best first guest. He's uh, all-around amazing guy. What I liked about Shelley's, uh, she spoke about her time at Swans, um, which is literally just up the road from us, Swanage and Wareham Rugby Club. And um, she spoke about there being her and three other girls running around in the pissing cold, wet. And I've been in those situations, not at this club, but at other places I've been involved in at rugby and stuff like that. And it is lashing it down. And there's you and four other people here and you are thinking, what the hell am I doing here? And then you come out and then you start messing around. And it was so nice to hear her talk about, 
I didn't care how many people there were. You know, I speak to a lot of people and they go, you know, oh, so for example, when I've been at the college before and stuff like that, and we, we had a bit of a difficult year this year and I'd, I'd see one of the, one of the players and I'd say, oh, you know, missed you at training yesterday, you know, where were you? And he was like, oh, there's only 11 people that go and um, none of them are front row, so there's no point in me going down. And I just, I remember having that conversation with him and going, you know, it's everybody else has that attitude as well. If you all change your attitude to that's going down to training, you'd have all your front row buddies there and you wouldn't just be, you know, because we were very much a backs orientated team. We had an electric set of backs, but good back row as well, but struggled in the front five, um, as a lot of clubs do. And then after Christmas, all of a sudden we've got 32 at training and, and he's, and he walks past, he walks past, um, the field and came over to me and he's in his, his, uh, college get up. Like you got your, got your kit today, mate. You, you ready to go? And he was like, no, 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 I haven't. I, I haven't brought it in. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know so many people came to training. I was like, that's because I've had that conversation with them that I had with you and they've changed their mindset. And those people, those four people that were out there with Shelley, they didn't give up that they kept going and look what Shelley does now. Look where Shelley had done stuff at uni and stuff like that. She did oh, it for the love what she's achieved oh, for the love of the game. And, you know, I, when I do stuff with the DPP and um, we're on, if you've been to Swans over the hedge, they have like, another they're very lucky they've got lots of pitches they've got um four pitches and we're on pitch three and halfway through our training session about i'd say 30 to 35 ladies come out and start training and ever since i listened to that podcast i think wow Shelley would be so pleased to see at that exact club where there were four people running around there's now 30 plus every and i mean every week you know they've got music blaring they're having a whale of a time and they're loving it. Like, how amazing is that? It, I just think that's, that's great. But that, you know, if somebody had taken the decision to just shut that down when there's been three to four ladies, they wouldn't be where they are now. 100%. I just think that's great. Trailblazer, Shelley Hamblin. Mm. You've achieved more than you'll ever know, I think. Swans want you back as well. They want you to go and play for them. Not, <laughs> not coach, not coach. You can stay here and coach, but you can go back there and play, Shelley. You'll allow that, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Only until we've got a ladies' team here. Which we're working on. Mm. Would be fantastic to see guys, girls. It's coming up to pre-season for all clubs, all local clubs. Find a local club, get down there. there there'll be an ability to play. Even, like you say, even if you know, there's three or four guys or three or four girls down there playing, just get down there and chuck a rugby ball around. It's it's going to get better. What's it? I heard the other day that rugby is the fastest growing team sport on the planet at the moment. Women's rugby has been the fastest growing sport for the past four years. Yeah. Get involved. It's There's nothing better. Honestly, get down the rugby club, no matter what age, ability, uh, skill set, whether you've never played it, whether you've played it for years, get down and enjoy yourself. It's just the best. And thanks Shelley Hamblin for for leading the way to creating what is today the mm. women's game I think mm. there you go definitely no loved that really loved that 
Yeah, I was gutted to not be a part of that one, to be honest with you. It was a good one. So game four, James Williams. What a guy. Really, what a guy. Yeah, top leg. I mean, to listen to him, and he nearly lost it all during COVID. Mm. Um, Sail Sharks, and all of a sudden, they're not playing rugby. Mm. They're not renewing his contract. He can't Mm. get to talk to anybody. He seems Mm. like he's... He's lost his opportunity. Um, but but the biggest thing for me was when he talked about the um, the hate that he got on social media. <laughs> yeah. About him not achieving, not, you know, not doing anything for sale, not, you know, they didn't care. It was just, it was like, yeah, stuff you get lost. We don't mm. need you. You were nothing. You were rubbish. Mm. And he used that as a positive. And the next season... He's top point scorer mm. in the championship mm. for Hartbury and then signs a contract with mm. Bristol Bears for two years. Which, which I was gutted we couldn't mention on the podcast. No, I know that was so, so <laughs> difficult because you know you keep and I near I nearly said something about it, or nearly said something about like your yeah, I think it was literally right there. I was like, mate, best of luck at Bristol. Hope everything goes well. And I was like, best of luck in the in the in your bright uh, in your bright future in your bright future I wish you all the best of luck in that because it was just literally at that time we couldn't talk about it and then the very next day the podcast came out um it was all over social media James Williams signs for uh, Bristol but it's just the way it goes isn't it just one of them and after he's top point scorer in the premiership at, at Bristol we'll uh I'll have him back on and we'll have a chat about that that'd be brilliant yeah, yeah. and he's promised to come back on um yeah I think we can say friend of the show. Oh yeah, he's liked he's liked all of the stuff on Instagram and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it. And uh, and I know being more rugby Instagrams following him and wish him all of the best um, uh, for this coming season. Uh, we should go back and wish Harry Bazalgette all the best as well because he's re-signed his contract with Cornish Pirates, hasn't he? Um, so yeah, best of luck to both of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two homegrown talents from Wimborne Rugby Club that have gone on to become professional rugby players and I know there'll be many more to come mm. many more and for all the girls and boys at Wimborne that see players like Harry um, players like James going on to something that to be to be paid to play your sport mm. is an achievement no matter what the mm. level absolutely no matter what the level if you're paid for doing something then that's an achievement and in all walks of life we all go and get a job and some of us just sell our time and our labor and whatnot but if you've got a passion for something and you enjoy it and you want to be the best or be your best at it and you can do that to the point where someone pays you then that's success as far as i'm concerned Mm. oh no if you're doing it and you enjoy it that success if someone pays you that's just the cherry on the cake mm, 100%. But, but that's massive yeah i mean i was talking to some of the guys i work with at the moment and um we've got a bit of a competition at the moment with uh, table tennis and um when the kids aren't in we have this discussion that we are professional table tennis players because right now we are being paid <laughs> to play table tennis yeah, okay. <laughs> um and that's an achievement for me, and uh, that that is success for me. That I am technically 
a professional table tennis player. So I, I can't top that. I'm not a professional <laughs> sportsman. <laughs> professional table tennis is pretty impressive, but I do consider myself very lucky because we've had um, me and my other half run our own business. Um, and to have the ability to get to a beach in the morning and go for an early morning yeah. swim. Um, and when the sun's been shining, sitting there, the beauty of mobile phones, sitting there, sending emails, texts, organizing, uh, researching whilst you're on the beach. I, we were chatting, me and my other half. People go to the city and hope they can get yeah. a corner office where they've got a window and have a bit of a view. Stuff all that when you can sit on the beach in the sunshine and do all of your emails and your admin and your and your pricing and whatever you want to on the beach in a pair of board shorts. Budget smugglers. Board shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're actually a professional sandcastle builder. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you could call that, yeah. Get on. Get yeah. On. There you go. Stroke nearly a bum. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Follow your dreams, kids. Follow your dreams. <laughs> but yeah, James Williams, what, you know, what an inspiration to anybody that A, wants to achieve something, puts their mind to it, he said he had aspirations to play in the Premier League, even though he was losing his contract with a big club. He was getting hate mail. Uh, hate mail's not hate mail's a thing of the nineties, but yeah. Um, what's, on what's mail? Mail, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Enough of my oldness now. Um, yeah, getting getting rubbish chucked at him to use that and say, you know what. I'm going to do this. It's mm. going to fire me up. Mm. And to look at those at the beginning of the season yeah. and say, I'm going to do this to prove everybody wrong. wrong. And now he's playing you know, next year, next season, this coming season, playing for Bristol Bears, Premier League club. He's going to fly. Mm. Everybody, keep an eye out for him. James Williams, he'll be back on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, follow his, follow his journey. Because he's a proper inspiration. Oh, 100%. Just a great bloke. I, I bumped into him at uh, Bournemouth Sevens uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were just having a chat over a, over a pint there and watching some watching some rugby and that, and we were just having a good chat. And it just he's such a nice bloke, and I think that is that is you know you, obviously it's amazing what he's achieved in rugby and everything like that. But to to be like where he is now, and then he still he was out like with the people I play with down at the club that were in his age group. You know, he hasn't forgotten where he's come from, uh, and to be that grounded, to have achieved that much, and be that much of a top bloke. You know, he is a one one hell of a guy, one hell of Absolutely. a guy. So we went on from James Williams. Our fifth guest was superstar as far as rugby is concerned. Uh, maybe a bit controversial. People um, uh, seem to love him and hate him. Is that my um, bike? Yeah, but it was Mike Ford, um, ex-rugby league uh, international. He won most everything you could mm. in rugby league. Went on to uh, management and coaching in Union. Um, coached Ireland. Uh, coached mm. in America, Germany. Uh, coached England, Bath. Ireland, he's done, done it all. Just done it. He's just done it all. Achieved loads with Bath. Um, and of course, his sons have all gone on to play rugby mm. and to gone on to coach in rugby. Mm. Most notable, uh, 
um, was George uh, Ford. Um, great to have him on the podcast. Hundred, hundred percent. For me, you know, I, I am a bit of a coach in Norse. I do love coaching rugby, and I, I, I do spend a bit of time into different practices and different ways to coach, different coaching styles and things like that. And to have him on a real rugby coaching great um was just was just awesome to listen to his particular stuff about building leaders and his way of talking about how he does his stuff and what he does with the people what he does with the relationships how he builds leaders and you know i like that some of the stuff that he was coming out with i just thought was 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 brilliant and I, you know i took a, a lot away from it and you know he's been very kind and said you know feel free to email me about anything like that and when i once i get going again because i'm going to be doing my advanced coaching award next year you know he's certainly somebody who i'm going to be emailing saying but before i submit this piece of work um, what mike what do you think because uh i really don't know but he he was a awesome awesome guest to have on for me personally but actually the people that listened to him were like wow i didn't know he actually coached that much rugby i thought he was just like a like a manager, like sort of like a football manager style. And that, uh, that guy as a head coach or DOI, director of rugby, would have just been such a hands-on coach and what a, what a great coach he, he is. And his mindset when he was uh, younger as well, going into league, um, that idea that he wanted to be the best when he got there. Mm. So he'd go out and he'd put the, the time and the effort in himself personally mm. to develop. Mm. So when he got to... Um, positions he wanted to be in he was already ahead of the game mm. because he'd just he'd taken it upon himself to prepare himself so that when he got there he was ready for it hit the ground running mm. if you like mm. um, and although he said he kind of he was finding his feet for a while in um, when he started coaching he did actually mm. he did actually learn on the job mm. But for somebody to put you forward, and, and this is how I this, this is how we run our company, to be honest with you, because we don't really advertise too much. We're not mm. particularly good at advertising. So, but to have somebody put you forward as a recommendation is probably the the biggest accolade you can have for somebody else mm. to say, you know, this company or this guy or this um, speak to this lady or get these girls in or speak to those lads or whatever that's better than than trying to shout yourself mm. to have somebody else recognize your talents and of course for him to get put straight into an island job mm. um and i was i was really surprised because he said he was the first island defense coach yeah he was yeah yeah that they the island yeah, had yeah, ever yeah. had yeah yeah nobody um, to compare it to exactly so um so yeah he was great to have on um but yeah like you say talking about leaders he was talking about the fact that when you're trying to develop a team, you try to develop them to the point where they don't need, mm. need you anymore. Mm. Um, and I've heard lots of that talk from big businessmen. I'm talking, you know, the biggest businessmen in the world. Mm. Um, give them everything they can be so they can go and do it for themselves mm. and don't need you anymore. Mm. But treat them so well that they don't want to leave you. 100%. Um, and I think that kind of was where he was coming from. 100%. Um... I've become a bit distracted 
uh, actually, James, because um, if you look out the window, one of my uh, two of my really good mates, actually, uh, Luca and James Waterworth, are clearly getting in some hidden fitness because uh, I keep seeing them sprinting past the uh, the window at the club. So massive shout out to James Waterworth and uh, Luca for going out there and smashing the fizz. James, you look like you're about to have a heart attack. I hope you're all right. Um, Luca, breezing it as always. Shame about the chocolate shoulders. Look at him go. Go on, James. Catch him, James. Oh, he's never going to catch him. No, he's never going to catch him. Fair play to you two. Um, I could not think of anything worse. However, after this, I actually am going to go. I actually am going to go for a run and then go in the sea, um, which cool. I've just decided since hearing you talk about the sea. <laughs> um, that I'm going to. I'm going to do that. But yeah, Mike Ford. What one awesome guest guest he was and. It was great to listen to his coaching philosophies, his stuff. And actually, it was actually really great to hear about his lads as well and the sort of stuff they do and, you know, the the time and effort and energy and resources he put into all of them has been, you know, it was a shame to see George Ford get injured in the uh, in the Premiership final. But, you know, how amazing has he been for Leicester all season? You know, that, that's got to come from somewhere. Top of the game. Mm. He's been top of the game for a long time. Mm. Real testament to him, um, and and like Mike said, you know he's the one that's doing it. He's the mm. one that's playing it. He's the one that's developing. Mm. He just chats with his dad now, you know, regularly, and, mm. um, and he's, he's he's quite clearly done what he said he tries to do with his teams. He's tried to get his lads to a point where they don't need him anymore, mm. but they're still there to want to come and have a chat. Hundred percent. Interesting because there has been a lot of controversy around. Mike Ford, Sam Burgess, mm. so so on and so forth, and uh, in and we're respectful enough on the pod that we wouldn't try and stir any shit or anything like that. Because yeah, what's the point? Either. Life's too short. But yeah. it was interesting the way you touched on the subject was, I think, quite respectful. Um, but it was interesting to hear his slightly vulnerable and slightly yeah. hurt side to him, which. Perhaps you don't really see very often. No, you, you Certainly from a rugby coaches. No, you, you don't see that that sort of side of it. You know, I actually really felt for him and his family when they were speaking about it, when it was a really difficult time for him when the story first broke and then it died down. And but then it, for it to explode the way it did after Sam uh, went and... Was it on a podcast he chatted yeah, about? So uh, or was it on a book? Uh, it was with Goody. Um and but he'd written it in his book. He said he wouldn't yeah. mention it because he'd written it in his book and wanted his book to come out. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really hundred percent because I'm not really interested in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I, and and you know, it must have been really difficult for him. You know, you you look at that side of side of something like that. You really, you know, you see the headline, but you don't really see the stuff behind it. And it was actually really nice to hear his sort of take on it. Um, mm. But yeah, good bloke, and really enjoyed that podcast with him. Thought that that's one of definitely been a highlight for me. Hmm. I did notice you had uh, <laughs> notes as long as your arm on yeah, what to take did. to the academy the next the next did. day. Um, our last guest that we've had so far, um, I was really looking forward to this. My era, I don't know, I'm old, Jay. Um, Victor Abogu, uh, massive guy, um, massive character, played in the days when when rucking was rucking. And life was tough back then. Yeah. And it was interesting to get a different perspective on, on life from today, 
because we are quite protected and we are quite mollycoddled today. Everybody's concerned about everybody, quite rightly. Mm. But to listen to somebody that grew up and and cut their teeth in a time where you just have to suck it up and, and be tough, mm. um, the mentality that that creates in you is one of a mental toughness that that's well needed today. And mm. although I don't think, and I don't want anybody to think I'm saying, Oh, it was better back then. And, yeah. you know, don't worry about people's mental health and all the rest of it. It's very, very important. And, and I'm all behind everybody getting the support they need in every single way. We've all suffered with mental health mm. throughout the years, but I think sometimes there's a degree of toughness that we've lost in that you can be in a situation that makes you something greater. Mm. And those situations are almost always tough times. Um, if everything's too easy, then we're not quite as tough as mm. we should be. Resilience, you know, that sort of builds that sort of resilience, doesn't it? That's it. But actually to listen to him talk about the fact that everybody in that, in his, in the squad that he was in, when he was certainly when he first got into Bath, everyone was allowed to stick their head up and speak mm. or everybody was allowed to put the neck out and try and get the mm. game over the line. But if you weren't good enough, then you'd get knocked back down mm. and life's tough. Life is a, a tough gig. Mm. And sometimes we do stick our head up and get knocked back down again. But when you've, tried everybody will rally around and he was saying you know you, you say something it might not be um the right thing to say you get knocked back down but everybody's there with you to try and build you back up again because they need to know that you're capable of having their back and they're there to have your back and that's what i love about rugby mm. no matter what the you know what the era you played in whether it was was when you know you got rucked out of the way by an 18 stone pair of studs um or today you get you know the, the the mental game the skills game is different today um but yeah rugby just teaches you that life's tough mm. I, I was on a podcast um a couple of months ago um uh, nathan alexander uh, asked me to talk about you know, the sort of thing that we're doing at be more rugby um, and he asked about rugby, is it getting softer? Is it getting, you know, with all the laws trying to make it a bit safer and all the rest of it? And yes, I agree. It's getting safer. That's but a you good can't, thing, though. But yeah, exactly. 100%. But you can't say it's, it's not as tough as it was because the guys are bigger. They hit harder. They're, they're athletes now. Whereas back in the day, there wasn't the safety, but they weren't the athletes they are no, today. They didn't have that nutrition, that, that sort of side of it. You know, I listened to so many people that used to play and they go thank god i'm not playing now because mm. i couldn't be hit like that mm. i couldn't i couldn't take those you know those sort of hits and you know it has proper become a you know a beast a beast game and i think the reason why they've had to you know you know i'm not saying it wasn't hard back then but you know maybe it didn't do as much damage if you got smashed in the head a few years ago because you were up against you know a part-time decorator but now if you get hit in the head by somebody who's in the gym four times a week, nutrition coming out of their ears, 
is a real specimen that's come through that player development and has been a unit for a while and knows how to chuck his weight around, take a shoulder to the head like that, that's going to do, do some damage. And it does do damage. Even now, you know, you look at, look at the stuff that's been going. I mean, I, I personally think after watching that premiership final, I actually generally don't know what a high tackle is now. Mm. I thought I had a real clear cut of that's a red, that's a yellow. I don't have that now. And I think that's a, the law. It's not the laws. It's the way they're in, enforced that needs to be looked at. And when, you know, we're going to get an awesome lad called um, Ben Simpson to come on. Um, who's a really great up and coming ref. Um, and I think it's just going to be a bit of a quiz for him asking him about stuff because, you know, he, he lives and breathes that stuff. But I think there should have been two red cards in that premiership final. You, you watch the next day, Will Skelton. Mm. That's a red card. So why weren't the two the day before a red card? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's stuff like that that I think needs looking at. Not the laws itself, but the way they're enforced needs to be looked at. So I, I look at this whole this whole idea because so many of the the big uh, superstars of rugby have come out and saying it's starting to get a soft game and you know they're glad they're retiring from it and not coming into it because you can't tackle and you can't do this and you can't do that but talking through life it's a life is a tough sport but like rugby back in the day it was really hard there was no real protection people got hurt but today it's no easier. In fact, it's probably harder. Mm. But everyone's better at it mm. because they've developed and learned. And mm. you've got laws in rugby which protect you. Mm. And they're like everyone's rights. And everybody talks about their rights. And rights do protect you. I'm probably bang on to people I know about this quite a bit. Everyone's got rights, but they forget their responsibilities. Mm. In rugby, you've got laws. They're there mm. to protect you. But if you go out and you haven't trained and you haven't prepared, those laws aren't going to stop you getting smashed by somebody and break ribs or, or do damage or whatever. You've got a responsibility to yourself to make yourself strong, prepare yourself, get yourself ready. And the game today, I think, is probably tougher than it used to be. There's more laws to protect people than there used to be, which is a good thing. But you've got a responsibility to prepare yourself. And if you do that, no matter how tough life gets, you'll get better than it and you'll survive it. And, and to me, rugby just maps that completely. Um, but yeah, I think rough today, oh, it's such a fantastic game. And mm. I, I can't see that changing. No, definitely not. So that was our six games. Victor was yeah. great. Um, really looking forward to having some more guests on. Um, we've got uh, a few that we're trying to line up at the moment. Oh bit difficult with the end of the season yeah um people have commitments and bits and pieces but um i think that for our podcast first half like a rundown of what we've done is really really cool um no real announcements at half time i would say yeah. apart from the fact that pre-season's coming up it doesn't actually take long before a season to an end and a pre-season to start jesus so get out there and play Find your, your local club. No matter where you are, there'll be a local club to you. Mm. And if there isn't one, if you're in the back end of Canada or somewhere like that, start one. Start one, yeah, absolutely. Get a few guys together, like Shelley Hamblin. If there's three of you and a rugby ball, you you're got laughing. a team. Yeah, 
You're laughing. Absolutely. Um, and of course, as far as we're concerned, as a as a podcast, you know, we've got the the social media sites. Um, get on there and have a look and see what we're doing. Watch our podcasts. If you like them, like them. Let us know. Um, follow us so that you get notifications of the next podcast that come out. Um, we're doing this just because the love of the game, the love of the philosophy around rugby, um, trying to shed that with everybody. So if you enjoy it, share it with somebody that you think might want to hear it or or that it might help. Um, yeah, this is what we're here for. 100%. So the second half, Jay, you and I have never asked each other these questions. No. We speak to everybody that comes on our podcast to find out about them. And then we talk about the philosophy and how rugby's helped them. But you and I haven't on the podcast talked to no. each other about, and I know we've got the same values on this one. So go on then, James. Um, what does rugby mean to you? So rugby to me, I was going to ask you that one. You jumped in there. Why rugby to me. Why don't we ask each other all of the questions? Why not? So to me, rugby, I've had a love and a passion for rugby for forever. I didn't play much not particularly at school. I wasn't particularly confident. So school rugby to me was, um, I was in the squad, played games. But um, but as a youngster, I wasn't confident. So I didn't really get too in, stuck in. No. Uh, and school rugby is a bit different to club rugby. I didn't really get to club rugby until after school. Um, played a little local club, trained mainly. Um, didn't play too much. Um, and where I grew up, there were lots of little villages. So there was a number of village teams that were just crying out for somebody to go and play with them. And so played for a few different village teams as, as, and when I could. Um, but I think as most people do, you get a few responsibilities come on, like, you know, like marriage, a house, kids, all the rest of it. And you start worrying about that and, and, and trying to work, especially for me, I was in a, the construction industry since I left, school so to to run the risk of getting injured and not be able to yeah. work pay the bills raise kids all the rest of it was one of those but it's always been in my life and it's always been my passion so when my youngest got into rugby you know him yeah he's um he's such an amazing he's such an amazing guy and I, and I speak as a dad so I, of course i'm biased but fitting in in society's not been his strongest point, although he's very, very intelligent. Mm. Um, he just understood rugby. It clicked. So we talked like everything was a game of rugby. That led on to writing a book, um, Rugby Be the Best You You Can Be, which is on uh, Amazon, by the way, if you want to. Anybody that buys it, all of the profits from it go to Wimborne Rugby Club Academy. So get on Amazon and buy it, please. Uh, in ebook or paper book, paper book, paperback or ebook, or hardback, paperback, bookback. One of those. Buy it anyway. You'll be helping out Wimborne Rugby Club Academy. Um, but yeah, it just really made me passionate to try and spread the whole philosophy of rugby with as many people as I could speak to. I talk. Our company is doing. We do project management. So we bring together teams to create and achieve um, a goal. That's what we do. That's all that happens in rugby. People come together, they work together, they create teams, 
it's rugby's life as far as I'm concerned. And I live it like it's life. Our company runs on the, uh, on the ethos, the, the treads um, that we, that I know um, the rugby football union, obviously have, have championed and we at rugby, uh, at Wimborne rugby do. But yeah, to me, rugby's life, you live your life like it's a game of rugby and you're not going to go far wrong. 100%. What about you, Jay? What's rugby to you? Um, rugby to me is, I can't really remember a time that I wasn't doing rugby, which is pretty crazy because I found rugby really late. Um, it's weird. I think back to uh, when I was at first school and um, we used to like mess around on the field and stuff like that. And I was always much bigger than people my own age. Um, and uh, a couple of the guys, uh, people like Ollie Weekly, uh, Josh Williams, um, that I went to school with and I was really good mates with. They're like, oh, you should come down to Wimborne Rugby Club. And I went back and said to my mum, my friends think I should go down to Wimborne Rugby Club. No, 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 you're too busy. No, you got your karate on. And um, I was actually part of a, a drama academy, but that is, um, well, yeah. I was actually, yeah. Surprised to some, but not to others. Um, I was actually part of Pauline Quirk's Drama Academy. Um, I did that for quite a while. Um, so that took up a lot of my time. And then um, I was told I only had the face for a podcast, um, <laughs> which is why I was so upset when you got a better camera. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but there you go. And um, yeah, so didn't do that. And then I went to Broadstone Middle, um, my school, my first school, Longfleet, which is a bit of a weird one because I did reception to year seven. Um, and never did rugby, not touch rugby, nothing. Uh, never even watched it. Couldn't even spell it. Um, still can't. And then went to Broadstone Middle and walked down. I'd, I'd moved school. So all my friends that I'd gone to first school with had gone to Paul High and we'd moved house. So I'd gone to Broadstone Middle and I knew nobody. And I was very much like, um, I'm a bit nervous, a bit scared. And then, uh, yeah. Went down to a PE lesson with a guy called Mr. Simpson. Um, I got my gum shield in and uh, my rugby shirt, and he was like, uh, on you go then. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, um, we're just doing a bit of a warm-up, and I cannot genuinely remember the, the way he set up this thing, but it was like a king of the court thing but was the most messed up king of the court thing ever because it was you versus four people and you had the ball. And he was like, oh, just go in like the little one. And they did it on things. And right at the end was all the people that played club rugby. Um, and then there was people at the the bottom who didn't. I went in there, given the ball. It was like, all you got to do is just run through and put the ball down. I was like, oh, okay. Um, did it. And he was like, oh, on to the next one then. And did that. And he was like, oh, on to the next one then. And I did that. And then I was up against um, Jake Stevens, um, who was an awesome, awesome guy. And um, he genuinely, if he'd hit me, would have killed me. Um, but somehow my skinny body managed to get out of the way. And I scored on the top thing. And then that was it, really. I, I was not allowed to not play rugby for the school. Um, we had our first game against, um, I don't know what school it was. But um, for Broadstone Middle, we lost something like 
67 nil or something like that. I think I missed all of my tackles. Not much has changed. I didn't touch the ball once. Um, but I loved it. And then I can remember being in the coach on the way back. Everyone was quite upset. And I was like, really? First game of rugby? That was awesome. And uh, a member of staff that worked there at the time, and I can't remember his name because he meant so little to me because he was such a negative person. You know, just sort of those people that you block out in life. Turned around and went, well done, lads. We are now at the bottom of the school rankings in Dorset. We are the worst. You are the worst rugby players in the county. How does that make you feel? Do you care? Do you care? And um, I thought in my head, no, genuinely, I don't care because I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that moment in that bus on that way back really shaped my mindset. That guy was such a knob and I'd love to remember his name. But I, I generally, I generally can't. And what an awful bloke he was to turn around and say that to a bunch of year eights mm. that just had that turn around and nothing positive. Just told them they were the worst rugby players in the county. Believe it or not, I'm the only person out of that group that plays club rugby now, um, which is wow, which is shocking, which which says a lot. But anyway, then I left Broadstone Middle, went to Corf Hills, um, played for the school there a bit, and I met the this amazing guy called Simon Keane. Um, he coaches down at uh, Litchett Rugby Club. Uh, he does the men's team down there and he does the backs and attack down there and he is an awesome bloke, a really good friend now, um, but was just such an awesome inspiration to me and got me into club rugby, um, which was here. I ended up down here and I had my um, awesome coach that was Giles Hewson, Um that's it, really. I never really looked back. I've been playing ever since. Um, I've done a little bit of coaching on the side with my brother's age group because I've been asked to help out. Um, I then uh, fractured my ACJ um, down here. I got lifted and then dropped, and I had a great big pop, which is my shoulder coming out and then going back in, but damaged the shoulder. I actually thought I'd landed on the ball and popped the ball. And then when I realised the ball was in my left hand and I couldn't feel my fingers and that something had gone wrong, and that was sort of the start of the shoulder problem. Um, and then ended up coaching it. And there's no way, I'm pretty shocking as it is now, but I reckon I'd be even more shocking if I hadn't started coaching. Because I started so late with rugby, coaching allowed me to go back to basics because we didn't, I wasn't able to go back to basics here because they were so far along and so far progressed mm -hmm. that I didn't have time. I had to very quickly learn how to get up to their level quickly, but being allowed to coach really allowed me to slow it down and understand it. And that's how I sort of got into it. And then I'd sort of done it a bit, a bit half-heartedly, nothing really thought about it and then carried on playing. And then when I was, 18, 17, can't remember exactly. I um, broke my eye socket, um, which was pretty tough. Um, mentally, was really, really rough. I missed out on uh, an important final with my age group. 
Um, and that really hurt because I'd played in all the games up to it. And uh, to miss that, but to be there watching it, it was quite tough. I had uh, two operations um, on it to put it back together with some metal work and stuff like that. That's really when I started getting very heavily into coaching and enjoying it. Um, I set up a team at college, uh, did my coaching badges uh, through my level, which was the old level two, got into it that way. And then just out of nowhere, met an awesome guy called Sam Cloud, who pushed me on, put me in touch with the right people. Um, he was very kind and thought he saw something in me coaching wise. Um, definitely didn't see anything in me playing wise because I was back playing by then. Um, and then ended up with the DPP, which is amazing. I love it. I'd carried on coaching. That's Bath for everybody that's listening, the Bath DPP. I'd ca carried on with, with that. Um, carried on with stuff here at the club. And then sort of dreams came true, really, in that as I was about to leave college, um, they pulled me aside and said, well done, setting up the rugby team. Um, we'd got a bit of, I'd got a bit of like uh, attention around it as like young volunteer of the year for the county, which was amazing to receive. It was a great recollection and stuff like that. The stuff I'd done, um, got some good stuff out of that. Um, met some amazing people through that. And then it was very much people were helping me, and, and which was great because they were like, oh, you've set up this, you've done that, you're doing this, you're, you're young and quite doing it. And actually the reason, yes, I wasn't the best technical coach, but I was able to have such an impact on the lads because I was so close to their age. And I was coaching when I was 17, I was coaching 15-year-olds. Uh, so that's not a million miles away. And because I had that better relationship with them than the, you know, fully adult coaches, I had that better relationship with them. And it sort of just worked like that, really. And it kept working for a while. And then KMC said, thank you very much for setting up rugby here. Um, it got some attention for the RFU. They got a bit of funding through it. Uh, we'd like to offer you a full-time job. Um, and I did. And and that's what I did. I, and carried on doing my staff of keep pushing forward. Very lucky enough to receive the title as a lead, uh, leads forwards coach for the academy. And then also game day lead for the uh, senior academy, which has been brilliant. Uh, still carrying on playing. Uh, done some stuff with DPP, with the county and stuff like that. And that was really where all my coaching sort of came from, really. Um is an injury which which is quite interesting but can i say just interrupt you on that one um we talked about players achieving a level where they're they can afford to play what they deem as their sport they love it and they get paid to do it so for a start every day they're doing what they love which is success secondly there's a cherry on the cake in which where they get paid but you've just talked through exactly the same process and the fact that, like you said, dreams come true. The thing that you love doing and being part of, you've got an opportunity to do every day and on top of that, be paid for it. Yeah. There's 99.99% there's of the world that end up going and doing a job that they've trained for, not really passionate about, don't really want to do, and they go and do it 
day in and day out. And I've been there with, with careers because when I left school, it was getting the construction industry. Yeah. There was no, there was no other option when I say there was no other option, very, very limited option for somebody that didn't do particularly well academically at school, go out and you work with your hands, get a trade or whatever. And, uh, and I don't regret it. It's served me well, but that wasn't my passion. Yeah. I, I did my best at it. Same as I do everything, but you've had an opportunity to take your passion and do something. And that's, that's massive listening to your story then it it is and i do you know it, it for me it is awesome and you know i you know i've been told you know you're not going to be a coach because you haven't played professional rugby you know you don't even play a decent standard of local rugby um you're too young uh i've had all that sort of stuff and you know i look back to the stuff that james williams says mm. um I can't talk about it too much yet, but I have just got a new um, coaching gig that I start very soon. Um, so I actually am moving away from the college and uh, I'm going to be definitely be talking about that on the podcast too, soon, which be I really generally can't wait to talk about. But I really do feel that a lot of those people that said it was never going to sort of happen, I feel like it is happening and it has been happening as well. You know, I've, I love coaching at the club. Um, I love doing stuff with the DPP. I love doing stuff with the college. And I have really, really enjoyed that, that sort of time. But it's nice to get that next step on. But not because I could coach the best line out or I could coach the best tactics or anything like that. My super strength that I know is the relationships I build with athletes that want to play games and my passion for the sport that I feel because when you when you see somebody who's got a passion for for anything particularly sport it is infectious and the amount of people that are now playing rugby that weren't particularly at the college um, is amazing and that is a win for me even if throughout all of it I was just just one person had started playing rugby that would be a win and what's great is I see on these like team social medias and it's so nice that I can go, he wasn't playing rugby until I met him or anything like that. And that is, that is brilliant. You know, I worked with this awesome girl who uh, just basically when, when I first met her played, played club rugby, but really wanted to push it and take it to a further level level. She's now one of the youngest ever people to represent the women's County. And for me, that is great because she's gone out and done that on her. That's not, that's not my coaching. That's just trying to put a different mindset in her. And that is the, you know, it is that female rugby sort of philosophy that, and that mindset that is infectious because I genuinely don't know what I would do. And I know this comes on to the, to the next thing, you know, who would you be if it wasn't for rugby? I genuinely don't know because it is everything I do Monday, to Sunday, that, that is, that is what you know. Obviously, I you know I've had other jobs. I've worked for a co-op. I've worked in a post office. I've steamed dead people's shit off NHS equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've done I've done stuff like that. But coaching is what I enjoy. But not the the cones, not the tactical side of it. It is the people. It's the relationships. It's the friendships that you build with 
co-coaches and then actually being able to have that friendship with people. So, you know, I look at it like there's a guy called Will Proudly who coached when he was an under 18 here and he now plays in the seniors with all of us and he's a mate, which is, which is great because he's made that progression on and everybody talks about that drop-off between Colts and seniors if as a senior player you go out and any senior players listen to this, if you go out and go and work with your Colts group, you will see them come up through into the seniors because they're not scared of you anymore. You've broken that down. You've built that relationship with them. And that's how you get the best out of people. That's, you know, when I do my, the other side of my job at the college, which is, you know, a bit of teaching here and now and doing some other stuff that the best way you get out of them is by building a relationship with them so they respect you you're on that level so when you have a difficult conversation with them or you're trying to chase them for work or anything like that you've built that relationship to allow you to do that that's exactly the same in anywhere you build a good relationship with somebody and that's what you can get out of them you get so much more out of people by building relationships with them but you also by achieving yourself and you touched on it then about um uh you've been told you've said you've been told actually you know you're not going to achieve this you're not going to achieve that because you've not played high level rugby blah 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 it's all bullshit to be honest with you just tell them to off and and go and do it because and this is what i speak to daniel my lad about uh, i was talking to them about this a couple of days ago I'm a, I love the psychology of the game, love psychology full stop. And I love talking to both my boys because they've both done psychology. Um, and we go to um, rugby games. Um, and, and I was explaining this to him. There's the system that we have in us, the dopamine system is um, a system that's affected by positive action towards something. And it makes you feel good. It, it's the thing that makes you, you go, oh, yes, I get excited about something that you've just done but achieving the thing doesn't give you the fulfillment of what you'd expect a lot of people get a bit um, of an anti-climax when they've achieved something but when they're actually taking positive steps towards something they feel good about it and i talk to him and i say it's exactly the same as the time when you're watching a game of rugby and the balls gets ball gets passed out and say the outside center breaks through the line and starts making some gains and you can see the excitement on his face chris asked chris ashton when he ran oh. down full length you could see the excitement on his face the dopamine system in him was firing completely he scored everything came down it all calmed and went away but during those positive steps he was excited and if you're making positive steps towards things, you get excited about it too. But not just you, the whole stadium erupts when somebody else does something positive towards a goal. And I say to my, my lad, Daniel, when he does something positive towards something and achieves and, and is achieving something, I feel like that when we've been to Twickenham, we went to the clash to watch Bath and, um, during those plays when Bath are making some real meters, the whole stadium erupts. And that's how I feel when I see him do something positive. And that's how everybody that's 
a part of your friendship group, your fan base, your whoever they are, your family. When you do something positive, everybody, you look at how Wimborne Rugby Club reacts when James Williams came down here. When they hear about Harry Basilget, uh, Basiljet getting a um, you know a run out in the number ten shirt, everybody gets excited about it. Do something positive towards a goal, and it won't just make you feel good; it will make everybody around you feel good at the same time. Mm, 100%. Yeah, and anybody that says you can't, tell them to write it off. Do well. My eldest had some great news from him, and he won't mind me saying. I've mentioned it before. He, plays football so bear with me but he's a goalkeeper so it's not the end of the world so it comes quite close to however he's not been through the big academy systems he's not been picked up blah 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 and he's had lots of trials and he's had loads of shit chatted to him about you know what you're doing here so you know you don't deserve to be here you've not achieved anything you've not done anything he's just been Asked to sign a contract whereby not a lot of money he will get paid next get season on. for standing oh, awesome. in the goal on a football pitch. Get on. Oh, well done. Every Sunday. That's and brilliant. I couldn't be more proud for yeah, him. Yeah, that's brilliant. And not a lot of money for him at the moment, but what an achievement. And I'm so 100%, proud of him. Yeah, 100%. Because he's got that never say die mm. attitude that Harry Baz talked about. Mm. Um, he's also used that same, you know, they've, you know, screenshotted like James Williams screenshotted those negative comments and and watched. It. He's done that, and he's well on his way to yeah. becoming a fully fledged professional sportsman. And like we said before, anybody that's a professional sports person is achieving properly big big levels. Um, but yeah, don't let anybody tell you different. Don't let me get 100%. right off and use it to your advantage. 100%. Cool. Really cool. I think that probably covers what we'd be if it wasn't yeah. for rugby, because I don't think yeah, we'd yeah, be... 100%. I think that kind of goes through, but when it comes to... We're both part of the academy. Volunteering, your coaching. I'm helping out with the management, only helping out as a volunteer, but what do you hope the young players get from rugby? Um... I genuinely hope they get number one good relationships out of it with anybody. Uh, the second though is I hope they take the lessons from rugby into real life. Mm-hmm. So if you get knocked back, if you get knocked down, you have another go. If it doesn't come your way the first time, you keep trying. If you succeed and you do well, you do it respectfully and you respect everybody, no matter what color, race, religion, background, whatever it is, you respect everybody, no matter what. And, and, that, and that is what I really, really hope people take away from rugby and not just, not just young people, but, I suppose particularly young people when they when they first start playing, I hope it teaches people discipline, enjoyment, and people get out of it what they should be. Because I genuinely don't know anybody who's rocked up at a rugby club and gone, No, I'm not 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 keen. 
not keen. And it genuinely, you know, I know it was a a sort of a, a snaggy little headline that they did their best to get some a bit of, you know, clickbait out of Uge Monia, but I couldn't agree any less that the culture needs to change mm. because without the the social element that's in the adults, the game will die because what sets us apart, we are never going to compete with football because of a million different reasons. But what does set us apart and makes us attract these brilliant people into the game these amazing people that are just attracted by rugby is that social element. Uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't always have to have a pint of Guinness in your hand. That is a great part of it. And that is so important, especially at the adult level. In fact, no, sorry, only at the adult level. <laughs> only, <laughs> yeah. You can edit that bit out, James. Um, only at the adult level that, that drinking sort of side of it is so important. The tours, the stuff that rugby is famous for that attracts people to it, because that is what is important about. And then even in the younger age groups, the relationships that people build by going out, having a good time, uh, doing like socials, doing going on tours and stuff like that. You get to know somebody through doing that. You get to know somebody through every Sunday after a game coming up, wearing the exact same time ties them, sitting down and having some food next to them you build relationships out of that. And then because of that, you get jobs out of that. You know, my first ever job was packing um, up stationary equipment for a company called Durable. Guess who was the CEO of that company? My first aider that I met in this very room after a game. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be at college. And he was like, I'll give you a job. You come and get a job. There you go. Because you build that relationship with somebody and the opportunities you get through it are amazing, really are. So Mike Ford mentioned um, when we asked him about, uh, you know, what what the youngsters, what he'd hope, uh, you know, young players would get from rugby. Um, he mentioned the fact that grassroots rugby is where rugby lives and breathes. Mm. And if you're talking about culture, Premier League's not the culture of rugby. Premier League is is the elite it's the the pinup it's the poster it's this it's what people see as rugby um on the surface but the culture lives and breathes through grassroots mm. um if you're paid to go and do something um then it's a job and and i'm as i say as we've mentioned before people to get paid to go and play their own sports wow what an achievement mm. but the culture is in grassroots mm absolutely is where it lives and breathes and it creates these players that go and get paid for playing couldn't agree more um so what have you learned jay from rugby that's helped you the most um yeah literally yeah just what i just said is that everybody deserves a chance Mm. everybody has something to offer you everybody you know it goes back to um what victor was saying always take a business card mm. and and I, I love that but you always everybody's got something to offer build a relationship with everybody not everybody gets on that that is that is fact you know there are people at the rugby club who i'd go for a beer with but i wouldn't go on holiday with 
do, do you know what I mean? It's people like, mm. but I can't think of many bad people that are involved in rugby. No. I would just say that take the, the thing that it's hard to explain because I, I know I bang on about relationships and my friends must get bored of hearing it because when they're like, oh no, I can't be bothered to go and speak to that person. I'm like, you have no idea what that person is going to say. What that person could say could change your life. He could offer you something that you have absolutely no idea. She could bring something to the table that you never, ever thought was possible. They could do anything for you. And it's so important to go and you know chat and have just a conversation with somebody because you have no idea that conversation you have with them could mean everything to them. Hmm. And I just... I hope people do take that away and it has helped me so much in the way of the, yes, I started doing the relationship building within rugby. I do that everywhere now. And, and it has just brought so much to my life and so much to other people's lives that that is what has helped me the most is, is understanding people and being able to talk to people and building relationships with people. What about you, James? I think, Rugby taught me probably that life's really fucking tough, mm. really tough. But if you don't ever come up against anything tough, you're not going to get stronger. People talk about stress being a big killer, but every single one of us, well, not every single one of us, so many of us go down the gym and put our bodies under stress. Mm. Why? Because the body responds and becomes stronger. So when you stand on a rugby pitch and you're up against an opposition for that time you're under stress mm. and that opponent is trying to better you trying to do you you know do you damage trying to get one over on you and personally in our uh, in personal life and in business enough people have tried to screw me over enough mm. people have tried to better me that's competition mm. and competition isn't bad competition is a good thing for everybody in that in my business that is a competitor of mine i thank them because if i didn't have those competitors our company wouldn't be as good as it is mm. you know my other half she's she's fantastic at what she does um and the two of us you know we're only a small company because we don't need to be big because of the way we operate but you know often we'll have bring you know 10 or 12 companies and and five or six to 10 suppliers all together on a project yeah. everyone's working together and if everyone's working together nothing's going to stop us you know we went through a pandemic where you couldn't get materials and you couldn't get labor and you couldn't get whatever and uh, and we had um, a, a review from a client that said you know they were a godsend uh, when we couldn't get materials or, or labor, they managed to find a way of doing it. And we do it through teamwork with everybody. But there are others that are quoting against us. There are others that are trying to do it better than us. And I thank everyone that's an opponent of mine personally, us as a company, on the rugby pitch, whatever. Because if I didn't have an opposition, mm. I wouldn't get better. We wouldn't get better they wouldn't get better. And to me, that's respect. And to see two teams on a rugby pitch batter the hell out of each other, make each other bleed, break each other, 
and then afterwards they applaud each other off the pitch and go and have a beer and a uh, and some grub together yeah they might not be the best of friends but they the respect that's there that's taught me more than uh, i've done executive coaching and or received executive coaching and you know i'm in my late 40s now sadly um but nothing's taught me more than than that has no matter what you're doing in life yes you'll come up against people that are opposition thank them for it be respectful because they've made you better and you've made them better whether you hate them or whether they hate you or not be thankful and grateful for it absolute respect all the way i love it love it love it awesome i've really enjoyed this jay yeah it's been really great, enjoyed yeah. this been wanting to do this for a while actually yeah no guests um, got in the way so <laughs> really excited about some new guests coming on um we've got some um i say some hopefully some some uh girls and some guys that are, are keen to come on the podcast be nice to have them in person because it's just easier in person than it is on Zoom. Plus, I get twitchy on Zoom after the <laughs> losing Harry Baz business. Um, I can't believe how well the podcast's gone mm. and been received. Just, mm. you know, six games in, or podcasts, or whatever you want to call them. Um, I've loved it. And now, the, the, I did that, I clipped up that, um, uh, that um, trailer I can believe the great stuff that was on it. It's on it's on the social on the podcast sites, by the way. Listen to it. It's, and I tried to keep it as short as possible, thinking it was going to be a couple of minutes. I couldn't get it under five minutes yeah, of yeah. great content from yeah, yeah. the guests we've had so far. And that was without Mike Ford and Victor Aboga. We hadn't done them at the time. Um, so I'm over the moon with the way it's gone. And it's been great doing it with you as well. I'm really looking forward to some more guests. Definitely. Awesome. So everybody get involved. Um, as I say, follow us, um, subscribe or however it works, like, do whatever you need to. Um on uh it's on all the social it's all on all the podcast sites, it's on YouTube, it's on all of the social media sites. Find us at Be More Rugby. If you want to get in touch with us, email us at info at be more rugby. Um and yeah, looking forward to some more. Awesome. Till then, be more rugby. Thank you, Jay. Cheers, James. <laughs>